Well, there you go. Kevin Barker. I told you at the start of this series that the Jays would win the game that Hyunjin Ryu started. <laughs> Lose the other two. What would your answer have been? I would have left. I would have said, what's going on? Did somebody come in after Ryu and pitch really well? Did they throw no hitter? I would have said all those things. But <laughs> this is sort of the way it's going. This is their season, especially when you go to the trop and you don't do anything offensively. It's almost impossible to win games there. <clears throat> 3 nothing. the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Blue Jays today. They have won the series, taking two out of three. It is the third time this season that the Blue Jays have been shut out. That matches their total all of last year. The storyline going into tonight's game, and I guess last night's game, which the Jays won, by the way, was the lineup. George Springer was not active last night, so the Jays performed some surgery out of necessity on their lineup. Matt Chapman led off. Vlad moved up into the number two spot. Teoscar was third. Bo Bichette was fourth, something we've all been talking about since the start of the year. We know that the Jays want Vladdy to hit second. We know or we're led to believe that Vladdy doesn't want to hit second. So that was yesterday or last night's lineup with George Springer out. George Springer, maybe this is the best news out of this out of this road trip for the Jays. George Springer started today as a DH, so the ankle sprain he suffered on Friday, clearly mild. He started at DH today. Same lineup, Guerrero hitting second, Teoscar hitting third, Bichette hitting fourth, Espinal, Chapman, Guriel, Kirk, and Tapia. So the numbers to call are 416-870-0590, star 590, one 590 is a text line. Let's start our discussion there, Kevin, about the lineup. You have said time and time and time again that you think the issue with this team is not so much who's hitting where indeed you've been skeptical as to whether moving anybody around in the lineup really makes that much difference you've been saying all along that this is a team full of right-handed hitters all of whom seem i mean it doesn't seem to take any creativity to pitch against these guys does it all of them it does, every right-handed it does, hitter yeah it's it's real simple even if you're left-handed to go out and and make some decent pitches, not even great pitches, to get these guys consistently out. You're seeing a lot of out-of-control swings. Uh, you're seeing bad plate discipline. You're seeing some odd approaches. Again, now this may not be the case, but if you're facing a lefty who has a really good changeup, why in the heck, if nobody else can hit it, why would you go up to the plate and try and hit it? it just doesn't make any sense. Now, maybe they're not trying to do that, and it just looks that way, but they were late on a bunch of heaters, and they took a bunch of heaters down the middle early in counts, which will almost tell you that they're looking for changeup. And some of the challenges going the other way, a lot of the guys may, be, may not even be able to do that. Uh, and, and the adjustments that you don't see sometimes make you scratch your head a little bit. Again, if they if they continue to do the same thing, over and over and over again to you, Jeff, why wouldn't you move a little in the batter's box? Now, maybe they have. It's just so minor and so tiny of a move that nobody ever can see it. But if I'm getting pitched away all the time, why wouldn't I scoot a little bit pl closer to the plate to at least give myself ch a chance to barrel up some baseballs and, and at least give somebody a different look, make them change what they're trying to do against you? Because it's basically, you see catchers, Jeff, they go away, they set up on the black, and if they miss, they're actually telling their pitcher, miss off the plate show it out here because we don't have to make that perfect pitch all the time it's 
I, I get it. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you're watching this team, and, and we talk a lot about last year. We need to stop doing that. Like, this offense is not last year's offense because the league has made an adjustment, and now it's up for this to this lineup to try to a man to go to the plate and make some better adjustments and start having better at-bats and pass the baton that way. If they don't, because they're in the American League East, it's going to be a longer year for them. Boy, this is vintage Kevin Cash, wasn't it? Facing Alec Manoa, who owns the American League East, runs the lineup up out of basically left-handed hitters or switch hitters with the exception of Rosarina for the most part. And, um... I mean, let's face it, Kevin, the, Jay, the, the Jays, the Rays won the game. By extension, the Jays lost the game, I think, on some, on some poor defense from Matt Chapman. Now, um, I will say this. The error that Matt Chapman made in Harold Ramirez's uh, ball, uh, Matt Chapman probably isn't going to make too many errors like that again. Uh, if, uh, you know, I don't want this to turn into a referendum on Matt Chapman's defense because he's clearly a superior defensive player. But, Kevin, I got to wonder, are guys taking their at-bats into the field? Now, Matt Chapman let off yesterday, and the reason was quite simple without George Springer. There's one thing Matt Chapman does. Matt Chapman sees pitches. He sees more pitches per plate appearance than anybody in that team. Uh, still, having said that, and this may tell you something about the Jays, I believe he's 20th overall in the American League. But, Kevin, that error on a on, on a play that I, I don't think was that difficult to make really opened the door. And, you know, Alec Manoa gives up a single to Choi through the shift, or I, guess I should say against the shift. And there you go. Uh, that That's enough to beat the Blue Jays these days. It is. Well, every time that they, they don't hit the way they haven't been hit, and we have to come on here and pick at every little single thing they do because they they're all other parts of the game almost have to be perfect. And this day and age in baseball, it's just impossible to have everybody doing perfect things on a baseball field when you're not doing something you're supposed to be doing. But the Matt Chapman thing looked to me like that ball had a little top spin. When it hit the ground the last time, it took a little quicker hop than maybe he was really prepared for. And that sort of threw up threw his feet out of whack to where he had to sort of throw it short arm to Espinal. And when you do that, you don't throw it where you want it to go. And, and that sort of tends to what happened. Maybe next time he – with the runner that hit the baseball, maybe he takes a little sidestep and throws that ball to first base. But who knows? Again, I'm with you. It's impossible to to pick and and you know complain about his defense. He's one of the best, if not one of the best, defending third basemen in, in baseball. It's this is, gets back to those things. It's always at the top. It has to. You have to play almost a perfect game against that team to beat them consistently. And when you don't, they beat you. There's no in between there. And Right now, they just, they're just they doing more things to win baseball games than the Jays are. Kevin, do you like this lineup the way it is now? I, I understand. I, I know. The, let's leave aside the, the lack of a lefty hitter, uh, which I'm starting to come around on. But let's leave aside the lack of a lefty hitter for now. I'm talking about the way the order is set up by Charlie. Do you like Springer, Guerrero, Teoscar, Bichette, Espinal, Chapman, Guriel, Kirk, and, and Tapia, and you, obviously you can throw Danny Jansen in there. 
I do. I do like it. I, it's a little unfair to put Santiago Espinal in a in a run producing spot when he's a young kid still trying to figure out who he is and, and as an offensive player. And he sort of came out of nowhere when it comes to that. But you know, these are odd times. These are times when you're trying to play the hottest hand and you're trying to get that guy coming up with some runner on runners on base because somebody else is is not doing their job or, or right now having issues figuring out how to make in game adjustments, which is you could to a man. Say a name out loud, and that's probably what they're trying to do right now, and they're probably trying too hard, which never works either. What You think about the lineup, Jeff. What else could you do to it? Like there's – if Vladdy's not hitting, does it matter if he's hitting third or second? If no, I'm, Springer's, I'm Springer's not hitting, does it matter where Springer's hitting? If, if Bo was – Bo's, what, five for his last 26. Like if, if he's not hitting, does it matter if he's hitting second? Does it matter if no, he's hitting clean up? Kevin, I think the point is – the point is that there's a long game here, and the long game is over the course of the year you want to get Vladdy more at bats. Like, this isn't about trying to get anybody going anymore. It's not about trying to get anybody going. This was George Springer's little injury was an excuse for them to do something that should have been done during the home opener, frankly. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. should have been, should have been hitting second all the time. To me, this batting order makes a lot more sense. Now, yeah, obviously, if guys aren't going – it's not going to make a difference, but I don't. To me, that's almost moot. Like if if you don't, if if you keep running out the same order, Springer, Bichette, you know, Guerrero, and Teo, and nothing happens, like why not try this? I think this I, lineup I get- looks a lot better. And I'll tell you what, I like Bo's chances of getting. I like Bo's chances out of the cleanup spot better than I do hitting second. I, I do too, but the out-of-control swings, the, the lack of plate discipline from a couple of guys, you could throw Bo in there. But Bo had lots of at-bats today where he could have had count leverage. In today's day and age, as much as they throw secondary pitches, you look on that Savant page, every single one of these guys that throw these pitches, they're secondary pitches in front of their, their fastball pitches. Like – that's why everybody that, that tries to be good at hitting in 2022 talks about count leverage. I want to put myself in the best position that I can get in that athletic position quick enough that I can recognize a fastball out of his hand in my zone where I can do maximum damage. And when you don't, you take a bunch of wild swings and you swing at a bunch of different pitches. Good luck. So for me, I'm not really with you when it comes to getting a guy next year at bat. Look, you see the road for three, road for four. Really, what's the difference right now? Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety. Jason and Thornhill, you want to talk about the baseball? Hi, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well, thanks. Beautiful day outside. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful day. Unfortunately, uh, we're looking at another loss. Uh, I just want to mention quickly that could be I worse. You could be a Leafs fan. <laughs> I am. Oh, well, then I'm sorry. Great. Then I'm really sorry. <laughs> um. Well, quickly, I want to mention back in 2015, in the summer, July, I bumped into uh, Mr. Barker up in Muskoka, and uh, it was just before Anthopolis made those moves, and I was anxious to talk to him, and he was very gracious with his time, uh, so much so that my wife had to elbow me to leave him alone. And uh, <laughs> so, so thanks, That's Kevin. Awesome. That was just, it was great talking to you. Uh, quite a big fellow in person, too. Um, oh, he's a big man. But, There's no doubt about it. Big man. Um, but what I want to say is I, I think, if you, even if you remember last year, and I know how dynamic and exciting the Jays were, but it was a lineup that relied a lot on the long ball to score runs, even then. Um, and I think the dead ball is really affecting this team more than it is maybe perhaps other teams. 
because um, you can see even what happened. Look at Chapman. He had a couple of shots, two shots that last year probably would have been homers. They're outs. And I think they don't get a lot. They don't string together a lot of hits. And I think what they're what's happening to them is that a lot of the maybe shots that would be would be run scoring either off the wall or or homers for runs are outs. And you can see Bichette. It's true with his swings. He's trying to kill the ball because the fourth. I read that there's four feet less possibly the ball's traveling. That makes a big difference. And uh, and I think really for this year, I think this this particular lineup, I think it's it's really causing uh, causing an issue that I don't know how they're going to solve because the lineup is designed for a team to hit home runs. Jason, I'm going to throw this out too, and I want you to hang on the line because it's something that Kevin's talked about in the last couple of weeks, and I hadn't really thought of it, but I'd be interested in seeing what you say, you say about it. In addition to the ball, I think Kevin pointed out that we spent a lot of time last year complaining about how the Jays were playing in minor league parts, and it parks and it was affecting their pitchers etc etc but as kevin points out they hit a lot of home runs in dunedin and buffalo right and so maybe that plays into what you're talking about as well yeah it's, it's definitely a possibility and the other thing i was going to ask you if i if i have time yep. uh was quickly and what do you think the only back in spring training remember we're unbridled optimism and there was so much uh, about the season everybody was overjoyed and and uh the prognosticators were picking the jays to win a lot of them but um, the only maybe dark spot that came out, or, 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 or was the issue with Bichette and his and the contract. And I wonder. It seems to me, and you guys are juiced in. Obviously, you know what really goes on more than the average fan. But it seems to me he's been carrying that with him all year, and maybe trying to overdo it for the you know the three hundred million plus contract that he feels he's probably was due. And with the ball the way it is. He might be looking at a lot less money, and he seems like he's trying unbelievably hard, maybe too hard, to to compensate for that. that that's all. All those points are, are great points, Jason. And thanks for the call. I, it's look. I think I'm not going to throw that in there about his contract. I, we we don't want to come on here and, and try and make excuses for these guys, and I'm sure they won't. They'll say the exact same thing about you know. There, there's things you can control off the field, and there's some things you can't control. For me, that's one of them. He had to say he got chapped. We all know that. Came out and said it. Normally, when you're saying it to the media, you're chapped about something. Uh, he he was short and quick about it. We haven't heard anything else about it. I I just consistently know that there's there's a lot of expect, expectations for these guys to go out and never struggle. And now that they've been struggling as much as they have with something that they are supposed to never struggle at, Jeff. Like, yeah, offensively, you know, it's 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 one thing for a couple of guys to struggle. It's another thing for basically one through nine. Other than Espinal, I guess Espinal's been your most consistent guy all year. But other than him, everybody's had their ups and downs. And I just think right now they don't know how to fix it. And that, for me, is why sometimes as a hitter you go outside the norm and, and maybe you scoot a little bit closer to the plate. You make it obvious. I know you've adjusted. I'm adjusting. Look at me. I'm so good at hitting, there's nothing you can do about it because I'm going to stand closer to the plate. I think there sometimes has to be a little bit of that, and sooner or later I think we're going to have to see a little bit of that. Kevin, and uh, I want uh, Jimmy to hold the line for a minute. We'll get to you after the break. But, Kevin, we got to talk about Ryu. we got to talk about Manoa very quickly. 
Let's just talk about Ryu. Touch on what you saw from him last night with Danny Jansen behind the plate. I like it. I, uh, well, Danny Jansen's the one thing. That's the name. He felt comfortable throwing to him. You could tell there wasn't a lot of shaking off there. It was getting it and going. That's a big deal. The velocity seemed like it was there. Uh, the breaking ball is a big deal now. He can steal strikes with that. He can backdoor that. He can manipulate that a little bit, make it look like a slurve, make it look like a curveball. That's a good thing. Uh, the cutter in, I think, looks to me like he's eliminated that. That may be mm. a little bit of an adjustment he's made coming back. The, the fastball in maybe i'll have the extra gear words out you're trying to do that you do something different you change speeds remember jeff you just noticed in yesterday that breaking ball is 20 miles an hour difference yeah. he didn't yeah. throw it a ton but he threw it enough for strikes early in counts for that hitter to go oh now what do i do how do i how do i zone in on that and how do i hit that hard somewhere so you know four and two-thirds didn't like that but if he can give you five and a third, five and two thirds, maybe six innings consistently, that's just another arm. It's not. The, it's not the pitching. And, and Alec Manoa, how can you argue? Face twenty-four batters to do twenty strike ones. Mm. I, mm. You, you know, c- coming into the day, uh, lefties were hitting two ninety-four off him. Fifteen for fifty-nine. He'd walk seven guys. First two times through, uh, it, they were one for thirteen with one hit batter. The last time, the third time through, the lefties were three for four. That's sort of a little bugaboo, but that's some bad luck thrown in, thrown in there. That's lack of hitting from your team. You know, you're trying to be a little bit more fine. Sometimes you have some bad luck. You lose games that way. But how can you argue about anything the pitching's done? You can't. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. The Blue Jays shut out for the third time this year. 3 nothing by the Tampa Bay Rays. They will be home to take on the Seattle Mariners. You say Kikuchi gets a start against his old team tomorrow. We'll go back to the phone lines after we take a break. You're listening to Blue Jays Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. All right, we'll get back to the phone lines in a minute. But first, time for our Bet365 standings update. With Bet365, you can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet, and you can even make a bet while the game is being played. 19-plus, play responsibly, Ontario only. Let's take a look at the American League East. Ho-hum Kevin Barker, the New York Yankees, 5-1 winners. Over the Chicago White Sox, they are 25-9. and nine. Tampa Bay with their win today. They are 21-14. and 14. They are four and a half back of the Yankees. The Blue Jays with their loss are 18-17. and 17. Baltimore is 14-21. and 21. They lost 5-1 to the Detroit Tigers. Lost three in a row. And the Boston Red Sox desperately, desperately attempting to put together some sort of streak. They won two in a row coming into today. They are losing 5-1 to the Texas Rangers, and I believe they are going into the eighth inning there. Jimmy on Vancouver Island. When is Atkins going to be held accountable for this mess? He brought in no help on the offense. Everybody's on Charlie. You bring in Tapia and Chapman. Yeah, Chapman was a gold glover in Oakland. He sure as heck ain't one here. He cost him the game the other night on that grounder from Aaron Judge, and tonight he bobbles it again. The guy is in his head. We got him for two years. I don't really care. Buy him out. Bring up Moreno. He can't do any worse. You want to win? Well, Moreno's do catching, something. but that's... Uh, dude, I mean, we can't go on with this guy. Like, do you think he's going to hit over 220 this season? I don't want to hear about yes. walking with two outs. Nobody on. A guy gets to walk. BFD. Get me a freaking hit with two outs and two guys on. I mean, it's just, this guy's done. And he shows no emotion. Everybody Come goes, on. oh, he's our Gallo. At least Gallo gets pissed off when he sucks. This guy is he's just too vanilla for done. me. 
Come on. The guy is a the guy is one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. Everybody recognizes that. Everybody recognizes it. In the past. So far, not doing it. Can you tell not me he has been so far? Last year. Yeah, With I think us? he's been really good this year. I mean, you know, I will tell you this. Going into this game today, I believe the Jays were one of the top three or four teams in baseball and defensive runs saved. Defense hasn't been a problem with this team. That's a little bit of recency bias there. You're thinking about the last couple of plays he's had to make. They've been a good defensive team. They can't hit. And I'll tell you, Matt Chapman was not was not brought in here to do anything other than play good defense, hit 20 home runs, 20 to 30 home runs, 20 to 25 home runs, and hit sixth or seventh or eighth in this lineup. No one brought him in to be a game changer offensively. I'd rather Barker's left-handed bat in there right now. We might have some. Uh, he can't do any worse. Well, then Vladdy would have to be out of the lineup because he's at first base. I could I don't, let him play third. I don't really give a damn. Barker, get in there. And the other thing I got to say about Barker is the second greatest Blue Jay on-air personality behind Fergie Oliver ever in the history of this. Oh my town. God! Oh, there you well, go. Appreciate appreciate the call. Thanks for the Jimmy. call. Be well. Jimmy in yeah. Vancouver Island, lots of love for Barker. Look, I, I am going to say this. I am going to say this because, uh, you know, people – well, Kevin, people look at this lineup, and I mean, there's a reason this team wanted to trade for Jose Ramirez, right? The Jays understood that they needed to have a little more balance in their lineup. I think what's happened is – the Jays have kind of done in some ways what Atlanta did last year. It's balance isn't just lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty. It's getting in guys who supposedly have different offensive profiles. And that's not working right now. That's pretty clear. But I will say this, you know, at, at, at some point, if this is about going to the World Series, which it is this year, because the clock is running on Bo and Vladdy. It just is. And I know it drives people nuts when you say it. Hey, take a look at the Leafs. Take a look at Austin Matthews. The clock runs on your on your your core players, folks. It really does run in your core players. So if you're the Blue Jays, this is about winning the World Series this year. And Kevin, maybe at some point, you know, you got to make that move that addresses the stuff you were worried about in the offseason. Again, if you were trying to get Jose Ramirez, you were doing it largely for offensive reasons. You have not addressed those offensive reasons. So clearly you thought there was a need. Clearly, there still is that need. Uh, that, that's exactly right, but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So you, you deal with what you have right now. How do you make better what you have right now? And, you know, again, this is gets back to the, the guys that are struggling that matter the most uh, are, are the guys in the middle of that order, the, the George Springers of the world. Uh, Bo Bichette's still trying to find his way as an offensive player. Can he continue to do the things he's doing, expanding and overswinging? I'm not sure. Like, th- these are things that sometimes you got to fail at before you go, uh-oh, maybe I can't do it this way. Maybe I need to slow it down a little, stay within myself, and just be as short and quick to the ball as I possibly can. But that's easier said than done. How did he make it to the big leagues, Jeff? By taking them big daddy hacks and looking the way he's looking right now so it's there's 127 games left are, are, are we ready to throw in the towel yet no oh, come on. you know there, there's other teams in the american league that are that are having offensive issues too that it's just one of those times where i will say that adjustments have to be made now you're coming home you're going to be home for what six days you got an off day sprinkled in there it's time to get 
It's time to bring lunch pail to work. It's time to go, okay, I know I know how they're trying to get me out. Am I going to continue to do it the same exact way? Or are we going to try and fix this, make some adjustments, and this is the way we're going to get on a little bit of roll? be interesting to see if they can do it here. Yeah, you know, I, it's uh, – I, I just think you need to have a little more faith here. It's like the – I understand the reaction of fans is that – to 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 automatically start to worry, and you just have to have faith in these guys. There's nothing in in Bo Bichette or Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s track record that says they're not going to hit. And now people are going to say, "Well, it's not much of a track record." Well, guess what? It is. That's pretty much the track record that you get with major league players right now: two years, two and a half years, three years. That's a good sample size. That's a good sample size. So, I I think maybe Kevin, if you are the Blue Jays. You maybe you still go out and add another bullpen arm. I, that, that to me is probably the easiest thing you could do right now is go out and add another bullpen arm and essentially say, look, we know our hitting's going to come around. And we know that there will be left-handed hitters available as we get close to the trade deadline. So if we can't address that issue right now, let's try to make this team better. What is one area we could make this team better right now? It's the bullpen. And maybe Never that means you win. Pitch. Maybe that means no. Maybe that means you. No one wants to play a bunch of two nothing games or one run games, but maybe making the bullpen stronger means you're going to win some of those games. You just you have to deal with what you're dealt with at that particular time. And and you're right. There's I I just don't see like that game changing offensive bat out there right now. I I I really don't. And whoever you bring in, it's not going to be matter a hill of beans quite frankly if springer guerrero teoscar and bichette don't get going but the whole matt chapman thing the whole matt chapman thing matt chapman is not here for his offense matt chapman is here to hoover up balls at third base and the jays have been a decent defensive team this year now they've been a good defensive team if you look by defensive metrics they've been a good defensive team this year a lot of that a lot of that goes to matt chapman it really does. So, you know, maybe I, I heard Ben, Kevin on the telecast or on the broadcast today say maybe it's time to give Matt Chapman a day off. We Apparently, Vinny Capper was taking ground balls at third base. Um, we know that, that, that Bo and Chapman have, have played pretty much played every day. I don't know if that makes a difference. But, um, yeah, I, I just – I. You know the 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 Matt Chapman stuff to me is just it's it's silly. It's uh, it it's you're 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 really you're looking past the obvious things. If if you're going to lay the Jays' problems at the feet of Matt Chapman, then you're intentionally you're guilty of intentionally trying to overlook the real issues so, with this team. So they they can both have a day off on Thursday. That's the nineteenth. They got they got a team day off. There, there's not a game. They can both take that day off and and not come to the park and do whatever it is they want to do on that day off in Toronto. Uh, sometimes as baseball players, I know I was guilty of this. Mentally, you don't get out of your way. You don't know how to do that. You're seeing a lineup right now who there's serious expectations. All of the callers that we have calling into this show and to our show when we take calls is all the same thing. Expectations are so high for this team, not just in Canada, but throughout the baseball world that think this lineup is one of the lineup best lineups in baseball. I will just say this, that the league has made a legit adjustment because this ain't 
the minor league parks that they used to play in last year. That little ball off the end that you can create a little backspin, get it up to right center, Dunedin, and be rewarded for that, that ain't happening no more. That's a line drive out now. And now it's up to this lineup to make adjustments, however that is. It's to each his own. You've got to be able to walk to the plate and, and think, okay, if I have long arms and I'm Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and I'm out and around right now, maybe I'm too far off the plate. Maybe I do something different. Maybe I just scoot closer to okay, the pitcher well, Kevin, instead of scooting this, closer to the plate. Do something Kevin, different. This, this team's got three hitting coaches. Are they not seeing that? Because i got to sure think they, that the – I mean, are they not seeing it? Are the players not doing it? Because – it, it's obvious, um, and you know, with all due respect to the hitting coaches, it ain't rocket science. That you know, look, we had Bill Ripken on, talked about Cal. What did Cal do when he was scuffling? Moved up closer to the plate, moved back a little farther. Mm-hmm. I, I moved deeper in the box. I mean, guys have done that since the first baseball game was was played. So, I I, I don't know. Is it a philosophical thing? The organization? I I don't have any idea. Could, it could be a stubborn though. thing. Could could be a thing that, that that a lot of hitters can't do. I know when I moved in the box, I'd do whatever it took for me to get to the big leagues. I'd stand on my head if I had to. But I was different. Like, that didn't bother me. That didn't make me feel any differently mechanically when I moved around in the batter's box. Just created a different angle. That's the whole point in doing it is you make contact in a different spot so it gives you a better chance to barrel up a baseball. And we know what it looks like when these guys are barreling up baseballs. Maybe it allows you to see the ball a little bit differently where you're not chasing as much, where you can get count leverage counts to make you a better hitter. And to answer your question, I have no idea. Like, we've had Hunter Mintz on. We've asked him that. I've asked him that. He said they've done it. Well, he must be the only one seeing it because I, I can't see that, and they continue to do the same thing over and over and over again. And this is what it comes down to is you want to be better the next 127 games and you want to go to the playoffs? Make some adjustments. Billy and Markham, what's up, Billy? You want to talk about close games? Uh, guys, I'm in, I'm in just disbelief. First of all, the, the last two callers, uh, that guy in Vancouver, you must be around uh, too many wildfires because uh, if, if he's our problem, our third baseman, you're not watching the damn game. Uh, it, it, as simple as that. And, and the caller before that, if you think that Bo Bichette is getting a $300 million contract, think again, buddy. Not on his best day is he getting that contract. That goes to Vladdy first and not to Bo Bichette. But, guys, listen, I have said this, and I've said this time and time and time again. This team is just a dumb team mentally. They're not in it. First of all, let me give you three quick points. We watched the Tampa Bay Rays run a rundown. No throws. Espinal gets picked off first base. He's Mm -hmm. tagged out by the catcher. The Blue Jays, it takes 15 throws and allows runners to move up two bases. Before we finally Come on, get Billy, it tight. only takes nine. Come on. Yeah, yeah it's just – and to top of – guys, listen, seriously, and I'll leave it at this. I'm, I'm going to go tomorrow, get up early in the morning, and I'm going to go get my eyes examined because <laughs> I, I, I must be going blind. Am I seeing this game – am I getting old in this game? Or tell me on that ground ball – and this is what I'm talking about, internal mm-hmm. clock. That ground ball that was hit to Chapman, is that an error on Chapman? Chapman runs across the bag, shot puts it. What in God's name is Espinal doing trying to catch the ball with his bare hand? When, really, you, when, the, 
Jeff, when the double play is taken away from you, the second baseman now becomes a first baseman. He has got to catch that with his glove. What is he doing? That error should have been on Espinal and nobody else. I'm going to appreciate the call. I'm going to let Barker answer that, Kevin, because I was generally errors are made. Generally, errors are made on the throw. Yeah. I mean, that's the way games are scored. It is. The only reason that was given to Chapman is because of how close the throw was to the person he was throwing it to. Yeah. That's the only reason. It was just thrown too hard. It was short-armed. I, again, this is just me. When, when I was watching that play, it looked to me like that that little last hop had top spin on it, surprised him, threw him a little off, and then he had the short arm to throw. When you short-arm it, you don't throw it where you want it to go. You overthrow it, and that's a that's a tough play for Espinal. But, yeah. again, this is, gets back to when it's you're having offensive woes, little things like ha- that happen like this, and that's how you lose games. Yeah, it, it's uh, that's a really good point. Before we came on, I went back and looked at that play again, and you're right. It's when he cuts in front of when he cuts in front of Bo. There is, it's not if you if you look at it, it's not a straight hop. It's not as easy as Matt Chapman. Frankly, makes it look easier than it than it than it was. Makes the catch up look easier than than it was. I wish I could say too. I wish I could say he wasn't taking his offensive woes to the defensive side, but I have no idea. I can say this: whenever I was a player, I did it. When I wasn't hitting, I I took that to the field and I started thinking about things. Why am I not doing this offensively? Why am I not getting hits? I I let off yesterday. I look like I did when I was leading off. It's the same way I look when I'm hitting sixth. Yeah, it's it's not the easiest thing, and and this is things you you got to wear your big boy pants at this level. And they're getting a punch in the mouth. It's about good teams pick themselves up. They figure it out together. They start scoring more runs. And the only way they're going to do that is to make some adjustments. If they can do that because they have talent, we'll be coming on this show. We'll be having good thoughts because they're winning a bunch of games and we're having a lot of fun, Jeff. Yeah, that's, uh, that is exactly it. The good news, I guess, is, um, you know, the, the good news, I can't believe I'm saying this. The good news is the Orioles haven't closed the gap. <laughs> it's awful. But it's true. They're still comfortably in third place. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine if the Orioles are like? Can you imagine if the Orioles are like two games behind the two games behind the Blue Jays? What the oh conversation would be like? Holy moly! Could you imagine that? Anyhow, the Jays—they've got—I'm not going to say an easy part of the schedule, but they've got three games at home against the Mariners. They don't get Robbie Ray. Uh, they've the Reds come into town on the weekend after an off day. So maybe this is a chance, as Kevin said, you get home, you have that off day baked in, get down to the hitting lab and hook up the wires to your vital organs and start swinging and see what the, uh, see what, see what you can do to get yourself going again. Good news though. I think uh, I, I will say this, the good news out of this, this road trip is, and this may tell you all you need to know about the way the season's gone for this team, but the good news is one George Springer wasn't hurt. Seriously. I thought he was. When George Springer goes down, I immediately assume you're looking at a two-week stint in the IL. Pleasantly surprised with that. And Hyunjin Ryu gave them enough to win. As I said, going into the weekend, if I'd said to you the Jays would lose George Springer and the only game they'd win would be with Hyunjin Ryu in the mound, he would have slapped me upside the head. I do that anyway. Yeah, you do that anyhow. Plus, Danny Jansen's back, so it's uh, it, it isn't all that bad. That's it for Blue Jays Talk today. Mr. Barker and myself will be on all week following the Blue Jays games. Don't forget tomorrow, 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. 
360 and wherever you get your favorite podcasts, Blair and Barker. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Kittredge, you've never seen me very upset.